thanks for the opportunity to chat this evening. I know you're a little time constrained. No, it's okay. So I know about your work because of Joe Goes Juggalo. And YouTube had been pushing it on me for about six months before I actually took the plunge and clicked on it. But that YouTube has been, pushing it on you. <laughs> that, that has been, I think, your most successful Joe Goes to date, hasn't it? Um, it depends on what you mean by successful. Uh, I think I have other episodes that have more views. But, uh, yeah, it, it, got, it got a ton of views. And it was surprising because I decided to make it 20 minutes. And, you know, usually they say, like, oh, don't make anything past three minutes or nobody will watch it. But despite it being like a longer video, you know, it, it got like, I think it got like half a million views in, in its first week or Certainly. at least, or at least 300,000 in its first week. Yeah. Um, it's past half a million currently. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's one of the top viewed ones. I think, I think my first BlizzCon one has more, but oh, okay. yeah, but yeah, it was huge. Yeah. So what kind of research do you do before you go to the gathering of Juggalos? Well, for that specific episode, you know, I, I watched some documentaries on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I think I watched the one that Vice did, which was also like 20 minutes. And, you know, um, so I, I just I just try to, uh, you know, I, I watched some videos uh, of other people's experiences at the gathering. Um, I also did some Googling. I, th I read a couple people's, you know, like blogs about going to the gathering. So I knew going in that if I asked them, you know, um, why are you here for this event? I knew they'd all say, oh, it's all about family, you know. So I, I, I kind of, so I was like, okay, well, I should write some, you know, write some lines that, you know, uh, so I'm prepared when they say it's all about family. Mm -hmm. So by watching their responses in those videos, I could kind of guess what they were going to say so I could have some lines ready, you know. But um, still, my videos are mostly improvised. So for Juggalos, you know, I maybe like, 20% was like pre-written lines and the rest is improvised. Um, so, cause I might write stuff and then realize that it's shit when I'm, mm -hmm. <laughs> when I'm out in the field, you know, I, I don't typically, I only really write stuff for, uh, videos that I do fundraisers for because I, I feel pressure that those videos have to be good. <laughs> you know, if I'm just shooting on my own, I'll mostly wing it. I will, uh, you know, but even, I'd say, like, for a typical episode, I go in with, like, five to ten pre-written lines, and maybe they work, maybe they don't. But I don't do any serious writing for them. It's more like I'm off jogging, I'm running, and I'll think, like, oh, that would be a good line for Comic-Con, and I'll write it down in my phone so I don't forget it. Mm. Well, you know, so, like, I'll I'll be thinking of lines before I go to a shoot. For a typical episode of Joe Goes, I'll go in with maybe, like, five to ten written. And maybe they're all good, maybe they're all shit. And... But for Juggalos, I went with like 10 to 20 lines written, and some of them made the cut. But yeah, that was that was basically the research process. And the line associated with magnets in the ICP song, how did you discover that? Oh, when it happened, years ago. Oh, yeah. so, you, okay, so you actually had some background knowledge of ICP. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, <laughs> like, I only listen to rap, and I, I've only listened to rap, like, my whole life. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew about ICP back you know, in, in, in the nineties when I, when I was in high school, I'm very old in the, in the nineties when I was in high school, you know, uh, people, I wasn't into ICP, but, but I had friends who were and, and they, they, you know, like we'd be off 
you know, we called it we called it road tripping. We'd just all get in somebody's car and and drive around the dirt roads drinking, mm. and they they would be playing ICP albums like The Great Malenko and stuff. So I, I first found out about them then, and then of course when they were beefing with Eminem, that was a big thing. Um, like when Eminem put out the Marshall Mathers song, you know, the Marshall Mathers song where he's dissing ICP, that was big too. Mm-hmm. So I've known about them for a while, and and you know, but that Magnet song, you know, I, I always thought it was hilarious and. You know, uh, so when that went viral, I knew it. So I've, I've known about them for a while. Okay. Yeah. So in this case, you had somewhat more intimacy, but I guess for a lot of your content, you have some intimacy going in as well. Have you ever gone in blind to something that you know very little about and just had, as you say, five written lines? Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I don't typically do a lot of research. Like, you know, uh, it's, only for, it's, it's only for the episodes uh, that I do fundraisers for, like Sweden, Finland. Mm-hmm. Juggalos, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Like for those trips, I'll do research because I feel like, oh, people are donating money. I've got to deliver, you know. Um, but like, for example, BlizzCon. Both times I went to BlizzCon, I didn't really know a whole lot about, I still don't know a whole lot about those games. Mm. Um, if I'm going to an event and I don't uh, know a whole lot about it, I'll, I'll try to be honest about that. I won't pretend like I'm knowledgeable about it. But yeah, it, for sure it happens. You know, Power Rangers, I'm not that into Power Rangers. I've. <laughs> I've never seen, like, I might have watched it once as a kid, but I know basically nothing about Power Rangers, but I still did an episode at the convention, you know? Um, so for sure, um, it's just, you know, maybe I'll look at the Wikipedia page and that'll be the whole research, but I don't do a lot of research um, because it's, I, I'm usually going in as an outsider and, and for me, uh, you know, I, I think I think honesty is the best way to play it. You know, I'm I'm not pretending like I'm a Power Rangers expert. I'm not pretending like I'm a World of Warcraft expert. You know, so, I'll go I'll go in and be an outsider. You started filming videos in about 2004. That's when some of your older content that you've been moving forward seems to be coming up. But YouTube was founded, I think, in 2005, 2006. Really got prominence. Right. So the stuff that you were doing previously, was that for current TV or was that just for your own amusement? What what was the 2004-2005 content for? Uh, current TV. Okay. Yeah, current TV, current TV and YouTube launched at basically the same time. Guess which one succeeded? Mm. <laughs> I worked for current from 2005 through 2009. So, um, you know, I was like fresh out of college. I graduated from college in 2005. Mm. And... I, one of, I, my last year I started getting really involved in uh, the student film club. I was making these comedy videos and one of those videos was Joe Gets Dominated. Um, cause I, I always loved, you know, when I was in high school, I was, I would watch Conan every night, you know, and I always loved when Conan would go out and do, and do a remote or a field piece. So like, uh, I thought like, you know, like I might be good at that. So I did it and it clicked and I loved the episode and, you know, it, it's like when you make a video, it's like, well, I, want, I, really, I really want everybody to see this. And, and at the time, everyone was like submitting them to festivals. But I wasn't really into that because to submit to a festival, like it costs you money to submit. And then like not all your friends are necessarily going to go to the festival to watch your movie play. I wanted to put it on the Internet. But there was like no there was no website that would let me do that easily. Mm. Like iFilm was around at the time, but they made you send a lot of paperwork in and shit. And so I was just looking for websites to upload my video, and I wasn't really aware of YouTube. This is like summer 2000, you know, spring 2005, something mm-hmm. like that. So, like, uh, I ended up finding this website called Indie TV, which was, uh, it later became Current TV, and it was Al Gore's cable network. 
and the concept wasn't political. It, it, it was the concept was that it was like internet TV. Every show is five minutes long. So, um, and they were looking for submissions on their website because their whole thing was like, oh, it's like democratic TV. You know, like the viewers can be content creators. So it, it was really forward thinking, and, and it, I thought it was really cool, really cool idea. So uh, I, I found out about Current TV before YouTube. So I ended up submitting my stuff to Current, and they bought it. Um, they they bought Joe Gets Dominated, and I always thought it was hilarious that Al Gore's cable network was buying my Dominatrix video. Mm. <laughs> like, 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 is Al Gore watching it? Like, oh, this is just hilarious. But <laughs> Yes. And, and, and then they were like, oh, you should make more Joe Getz episodes. So I made five more over the course of the summer. I think it was Joe Gets Dope, Paranormal, mm-hmm. the one at the Black Barber Shop, mm-hmm. Joe Gets Cut. Uh, you know, and after I, I made six, uh, and this was like I was working I was working at an ad agency. That was my first job out of college. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was my day job. And I would work on my stuff for Current on the weekends or weeknights. Um, and then after, six, after selling them six episodes, they were like, hey, why don't you just work for us full time? So I was like, oh, sweet. So uh, they so I, they put me on staff. They put me on salary. So for three years, it was my job just to keep videos coming in. They, they sent me camera equipment and a computer. And, um, you know, I had like a budget I could work with. And, mm. you know, so it was like a dream job, like straight out of college. Like I would basically just, you know, for three years, I, I made 50 episodes of Joe Getz, traveled to New York, um, Missouri, Alabama, South Dakota, you know, uh, in California, did episodes in San Francisco and Los Angeles, got to interview celebrities at the 2006 Oscars, <laughs> and then never again. <laughs> but uh, it was it was awesome. And, um, and that was my and that was my job. And that's that's where all those episodes came from. Current uh, isn't around anymore. Um, so I've been I've been uh, putting them up on YouTube when I have nothing else to put up. So. So yeah, so that that's where uh, that's where they come from. And, you know, that's, uh Yeah. That's a lot of people have been asking, well, what were you doing in 2006 and 2005 making all these episodes? And I was making them for uh, Al Gore's cable channel. So Beauty and the Geek occurred in what, 2005, roughly summer 2005? Or was it earlier? It was filmed earlier, perhaps. It was filmed earlier. Okay. So your character in Beauty and the Geek seems quite different than your character in videos of a similar time. What was your perspective associated with this reality television thing that you were participating in? Well, for me, I mean, when I was on that, basically, when when you're on a reality show, they when they cast you, they see something in in you that they want to turn into a character, right? I mean, like what they do is they take real people and turn them into characters, so, um, and uh, you know, so when I auditioned to be on it, the show didn't have a name, and they said that it was a quiz show, like Jeopardy, right? So, like, <laughs> we did the audition and. You know, this is my first experience with television. I was a, a senior in college at the time. Okay. You know, this is like 10 years ago. So I, I was uh, pretty naive about it. And, you know, I was thinking like, oh, you know, I've always, this this will be like my big break into television, you know, because I was making these videos in college and I was taking sitcom writing classes and I was like, oh, this will be a good way for me to crack into the industry. It'll be to get on this reality show. Mm. And I was like, so like excited to, you know, to be on television in, in some form that, you know, I was really willing to uh, just give them what they wanted, you know. Uh, so, like, when you're on these shows, you know, they'll let you talk and then they'll ask you to reword things and they'll tell you, to, oh, can you say this? Can you say this? And, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> and at, at, if I was on it again now, I don't think that I would be so eager to, you know, just say whatever people tell you to say, you know. Um, 
So that, that was kind of my experience being on it. I was on it for less than a week. And, you know, it, at the time it was fun. I, I guess the thing that I take away from it is like, if, like, for me, like, if I'm going to be famous for something, I'd rather it be something that I'm really proud of. And, you know, like, I'd rather be famous for the stuff I do on YouTube or even the stuff I used to do for current TV. And, you know, uh, I, I got like a huge amount of fame from being on this reality show. And at first I, I was like just loving it, you, you know, like, oh, yeah, everybody recognizes me. Sweet. And then I just got really tired of it, you know, uh, and I just got over it so quickly. Um, and now I don't really care. Like, it's whatever. You know, I'll answer questions about it and stuff. But uh, I, I really got like burnt out on the whole like being famous front being on a reality show thing. You know, I, I, I felt like frustrated that I wasn't famous for the stuff that I was working really hard on, like the stuff for current TV, you know. So, yeah, I would say that 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 was basically my experience being on it was like it was fun at the time. I don't know if I would do it again. I, I think the difference in character is is a little bit, you know, I was making jokes and stuff at, on that show, too. They just didn't show them because they wanted to, you know, I was, I was freestyle rapping on that show and they didn't really show it. You know what I mean? Like there are different sides to everybody. And, you know, on, on those shows, they typically just capture one side because that's all they have time to do. And that helps their storytelling to just, you know, capture one aspect of each person's character. And, you know, um, whereas like I edit myself on Jogos and I just focus on the jokes. They, they could have just focused on me ad-libbing and improving and, freestyling at the mansion but that wouldn't tell their story you know um so i'd say that 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 accounts for uh, the difference you wrote for equals three for a period of time is that correct yeah over a year uh, and was that after your advertising job was that after your current job where was that in your work oh that was really recently like oh, okay yeah like um uh i left current at the end of 2008 i, I started doing youtube like 2010 I started doing Jogos um equals three I started I think it was like uh 2013 okay I like all of the like 2013 about is when I was doing equals three can you talk about that experience yeah it was cool basically uh uh Julian Smith brought me into it actually do you know Julian have you heard of him I I think so yeah he did the eat Randy song do you remember that yeah yeah so that's his channel um Super nice guy, and, you know, makes really funny sketches. And uh, basically, Julian has a production company. And uh, me, I met Julian. We both got cast as hosts on the same clip show. Like, right after I moved to L.A., I got cast as a host on this clip show called Smash Cuts. And, and Julian was one of the other seven hosts. And so I, be kinda, I became friends with him. And I had never heard of his YouTube channel before. <laughs> that was my first time meeting him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was kind of when I realized, oh, wow, you can get a lot of views on YouTube. Look at his channel. Um, so I became friends with him. And, you know, like a year later or a couple years later, you know, Julian gave me a call and said, you know, Ray William Johnson is leaving. He left Maker, which was uh, the MCN that was helping produce his show. Certainly. So, so now he's going to now Julian's going to produce his show for him. And Ray's looking for a writer. Or a, or a couple writers, but then they ended up just getting me. So uh, I was like, yeah, sure, I'd love to do that. Because Julian knew from hosting the clip show, I could write for a clip. You know, Ray's show is basically a clip show, right? It's just looking at videos and commenting on them slash reviewing them. Certainly. So so Julian knew I could do that. So he was like, uh, Julian was like, oh, you want to, you want to, would you be interested in writing for Ray? And I, I was like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
then then I was like, oh, sh- you know, shit, I should probably watch this show because I'd never seen it before. Yeah. So, so I went online and watched some episodes and I was, you know, I've heard of, I had, at the time I had heard of Ray and I knew what his show was, but I hadn't really watched a lot of it before. So I went on YouTube and like binged watched a bunch of Equals 3 episodes. And I was like, oh yeah, I could totally write for this. You know, this is kind of like, uh, this is like the jokes that I wanted to be making on Smash Cuts, you know, like kind of edgier jokes and stuff. So, um, so yeah, so Julian brought me in, you know, and then I talked to Julian again, like, Hey, I watched a bunch of episodes. Yeah, I could totally do this. So, uh, Julian brought me in and I wrote for equals three for about a year and a couple months. Uh, I was the only writer. Ray and I wrote the whole show together, um, every week. Were you responsible for the baby bit? <laughs> no, that, that pre-existed. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm yeah. trying to think of the breakaway from maker and what he was doing around that time. Because there seemed to be a few new bits that came in. What what bits were you famous for? Uh, I was famous. I wrote all the funny jokes. On Very Equals good. 3. <laughs> uh, but all the recurring the... humor, were you part of any of that? What do you mean? Well, I mean, there were regular bits that would kind of work their way in for periods of time over that period. Because the kind of transition, there seemed to be a, a distinct change in the kind of experience associated with, with Equals 3 over that period of time. And I think he started coming in with slightly newer, slightly edgier material. I'm wondering if you were responsible for that. And if you were, what particular components? Was it completely you two just kind of freeforming against each other to write the material? Or were the things that you brought which you kind of carried on through your time there? I, I mean, the baby thing pre-existed. You know, you, you, you've probably seen more episodes than I have. <laughs> but um, But yeah, I mean, the writing process was like, you know... We'd all, like, the whole production crew would sit down and, and, you know, kind of pick the videos, watch the videos, see what one would, see what are the best three videos to do. And then, like, you know, Ray would have final say over it, like, we're doing these three. So then we'd take those three videos and we'd watch them, and I would just throw out lines. And Ray would throw out lines. And other people there might throw out lines, too, if they thought of anything. And um, all the lines would be written down. And then, like, Ray would look at it and pick the ones that he liked. So it might be on a episode i would have a bunch of lines in or it might be on an episode i had barely any lines in you know it 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 very it you know it varied from week to week you know um specifically i don't i can't really remember <laughs> you know it's like i would it it, it all just I, I can't really remember any any specifics but but yeah i mean it was fun it was fun working with ray and it was uh awesome to write for a channel that had so many people tuning in you know like each episode would get like a million views you know that's that's like an episode of Mad Men. You know, like that's that's huge. So it, it was fun to to write for something with that big of an audience. And I would work in probably any 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 line that was kind of nerdy. I would kind of claim ownership for if there was a reference to like Lord of the Rings. I think there was one. Ep- I think there was one episode where he was talking about some like it was like a dog running around in circles, and, and I had a line like. Oh, he's going around in circles, just like the plot to Dexter. Like mm. anything, like really nerdy, is is probably something that that I more I wrote. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was a fun experience. It was like you know, a couple hours every Monday was the job. It you know, it, it was good. And in terms of the guest comedians that came through, and also with, there was at least one member of the Wu Tang Clan that was on over that period of time too. I think wasn't that? Oh, I missed that. You missed that. So okay, you predate that. Interesting. No, no, no. Post, post date that. You post date that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I saw Rizzo was on, but that was before I came in. That, that like maker brought Rizzo in. But there were some awesome guest hosts. There were some amazing guest hosts on that. Uh, Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. Sarah Silverman, 
um, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. I can't remember his name. Certainly. Some other Gabriel. What's his name? Gabriel. The yeah. fluffy guy. Yeah. Yeah, the fluffy guy. Did you write for them, or did they just come in and do themselves, basically? Well, we wrote. I wrote. I mean, we wrote stuff for all of them. They were totally free to change it up and write their own stuff, which they all did. Um, but but we did write stuff for them. T.J. Miller, he came in, and man, he was hilarious. He was so funny. I'd never seen anything like it. Like he can be, he can improvise stand up. T.J. Miller, like like we wrote all this stuff for him, and he looked at it like, oh yeah, great, you know. And then like he he watched the videos, and he just like improvised like he he like improvised for like ten minutes, just hilarious commentary about the videos. And then when it came time to shoot, he improvised totally new stuff. <laughs> it was like, it was like amazing how much like funny shit he could just come up with having watched the videos. Um, so uh, TJ Miller was great. And yeah, Sarah Silverman was awesome. Like, I mean, I've been watching, I mean, I've been watching her for years, her stand up, And I, I remember when she was on SNL in, in the nineties, like, um, and Kevin Smith was great too. He came in at like, nine in the morning totally stoned <laughs> uh like like so you know wearing the same hockey jersey and yes. yeah it was like so awesome to uh to meet all these and that that was part of the fun of it too was when, when the guest hosts would come smosh came and and did an episode which was neat and um i would always stay for the filming when the when there was a celebrity there oh interesting so you wouldn't stay for the filming normally but if there was a celebrity there you would yeah yeah okay. and Ray was like, oh, I get it. You only want to stay here when there are celebrities here for the filming. Um, well, when I, when I first, you know, it's like it, it, Ray was like, you're free to go. You know, like if it's written, it's written, you know, and, and Ray might improvise a little, but they don't really need me for the filming of it. So I, I would go back to my day job, which was writing for a writing for a clip show on True TV. You know, I was like, I would go from there to my other job. Um, but if, if you there were a couple times where he wanted me to stick around for filming and I was happy to stick around. But it wasn't, you know, often I would just jet after the writing process. You work for both television and YouTube, or you've worked for both television and YouTube. Do you see that YouTube is converging towards television, or do you see that television is getting YouTube envy? Um, I think it's all just going to converge and be the same thing. I mean, I've never worked f for YouTube. It, it, you know, it's like I, I, I spend, like, my free time making videos and put them up on YouTube. And, you know, it's it's not like I'm getting paid for that work, you know. Um I'll make a little bit of ad revenue. I'll make a portion of ad revenue, but mm. it's not the same as getting paid to make content. Certainly. Um, so, like you know, um, but 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 just from working, just from putting videos on YouTube. I mean, I think television television is getting more and more a niche. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it used to be like in in the fifties or whatever. Like there were only like four channels, so all the shows on those four channels got huge viewerships, and and especially in the last couple decades, there's more and more and more channels. And, you know, uh, and there's like the craziest niches, you know, um, and it's especially with like, you know, online now, like there's Netflix is picking up shows. Yahoo is picking up shows. Yes. Um, Amazon is picking up shows. So you have like, you know, it's just getting more and more niche. And, and there are even shows, you know, shows like Community that, you know, that have like a really loyal audience. They're not like a huge audience. But they're loyal and they're dedicated and people are realizing that that's worth something. So like you see like television becoming more and more niche and uh, the same thing with YouTube. It's like you have these all these people that are with that have a, that attract a huge audience. Certainly. Like you'll go to VidCon and it's like I have no idea who these people are. 
Yes. But they have like million. They have like a million subscribers and like teenage girls swooning there to see them. Certainly. But and, I mean, you you have a good number of subscribers, and what I find very curious is that if you listen to the stuff that YouTube was putting out, certainly you know five odd years ago. Folks with your subscription numbers should be making a living now on YouTube. Do you think the YouTube revenue model is broken currently? I mean, I'm I'm not very impressed with the YouTube revenue model. I mean, it's the your number of subscribers doesn't really matter because people pay nothing to subscribe. I mean, I I guess like maybe the more subscribers you have, the more the ads are worth or whatever. But I mean, for me, I I don't I don't have that high weekly viewership. That, you know, it's like to make a living off YouTube, you need a lot of people to be tuning in every week because revenue is based on views. And for me, it's like I have some people that come by every week and every once in a while I'll have a breakout video like Juggalos or BlizzCon. But, you know, I I don't have because it's like this, right? People that make a living off YouTube, everybody does weekly videos. People that make a living, they'll put up a video and within a week it'll have like. 300,000 views or something like that, or maybe yes. half a million views. Yes. For me, and that's their minimum. Like, it won't get less than that. For me, I'll put up a video, and within a week, minimum, it'll have like 15,000 views or 20,000. And, and there's a big difference between that and like hundreds of thousands of views. If, if, if I got like minimum hundreds of thousands every week, potentially I could just do YouTube as a job. But, but for me, it's never been like that. So, I mean, the revenue's fine and it kind of keeps the you know it, it all just goes back into the channel you know but, but f- I, I, from what i've heard from other people that are big on youtube uh, what i've heard from ray is that like the revenue just keeps getting to be less and less because youtube keeps changing the algorithm Certainly, yes yeah so it's for me like I'm, i think i miss the heyday <laughs> you know i'm doing you know i'm doing great everything is good i'm really happy with you know the, the subscribers that i have and the views that i get I wish the revenue was more, <laughs> but Certainly. you know, from, from what I've heard from other people is that it seems to be going down more and more. And YouTube tends to be favoring a lot of their like, you know, like YouTube, you know, YouTube promotes the channels that they're personally funding. Certainly. So, so that's what I've heard. Yeah. Joe, we're just over time. Thank you very much for the chance to chat this evening. Have a good All night. Right, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for the donation. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Take care. Bye.